Welcome to the Entourage Podcast. My name is Paige Scott, and I'm going to be your host. Entourage Ministries gets its inspiration from Psalm 6811 that says, The Lord gives the command, and a great army of women proclaim the good news. Entourage is a multi-generational, multi-denominational, multicultural women's ministry based in Durant, Oklahoma. Join us today as we dive into truth from the Word so that your heart and spirit may be encouraged. Man, y'all, I love you guys. It's precious to me to get to be here. So, y'all, I took my shoes off. Um, I, 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 okay, I'm just going to tell y'all. So, I just felt so strongly to take my shoes off, and I was like, I don't know if it's a father, but father, if that's you, I'm just going to do it in obedience. And I started to think, even as we were worshiping of Moses and how he engaged with the fire of God, with the person of God in the burning bush, and the Lord told him to take his shoes off because he was on holy ground. And there is something about communing with fire that draws us to a place of surrendering what we walked in with. And so as a visual demonstration for you tonight, I got my matching socks, and I don't think they have holes in them. Hallelujah. It's a miracle. Yes. But as a demonstration of even tonight, that even that work is continuing. As you're sitting here listening to whoever is up here, Holy Spirit's preaching a sermon to just you anytime you come into a place like this. He's speaking and he's drawing. And I know that that word continues, that word of surrender, that this be a visual picture of what the Lord is saying. What you walked in here with, I want you to take that off and then engage with my fire, with the fire of the presence and the spoken word of the Lord. That's what we want, and that's what I'm going to pray. Just, Father, we just thank you for the fire of your presence, for your manifest presence in this place. That words are coming out of my mouth, but Holy Spirit, you are speaking simultaneously to every daughter, and you are addressing every need that is unseen and that has gone unspoken and unfelt and hasn't been shared with anybody else. You know exactly the need. You know the exact condition of every heart in this room, Jesus, and you know exactly how to meet that heart, how to fill that heart, how to release victory in that heart and that mind. So we just say, Father, do what you want to do. Holy Spirit, do what you want to do. Show up the way that you desire to show up. We, your daughters, are attentive. Our our metaphorical shoes are off, Father, and we are engaging with the fire of your presence tonight. And we just thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. So y'all, I feel... um, When I'm here, it feels like being at home. I feel a little bit at home, and I guess that's why I feel comfortable enough to take my shoes off. Um, I I love this ministry. I love Entourage Ministries. It's dear to my heart. Um, I think I came in contact with Paige. I first heard of Entourage Ministries probably in 2018, and I had never seen an organization of so many women that was so healthy where the women weren't mean to each other and, you know, all that stuff that goes along with it is so healthy. And I was like, I've got to meet this woman. And so I just, I don't know how I contacted her, but I was like, Paige, Scott, I need to meet you. We need to have coffee. And we sat down and we had coffee. 
And I've just I've loved her ever since. I describe sitting down with Paige like coming into a kingdom incubator, an incubator where your dreams just come alive. That's what communing with her and all of the entourage team feels like. All the women here that make this possible are dear to my heart. So just, just to let y'all know who I am, I'm Antoinette. <laughs> I'm from Sherman. Um, I, I am a pastor at Victory Life Church in Sherman. And that is a new thing, and I'll probably be sharing some of that tonight. Because what I felt on my heart, I'm going to move this. Is this okay? I'm going to just scoot, scoot. <laughs> what I felt on my heart tonight was to share about navigating seasons of transition. You know, I did not know what I was going to speak about coming into this I, because it, I feel at home. I didn't feel um, a whole lot of pressure um, to prepare like I would if I was speaking in my home church. I'm at Entourage Ministry. There's freedom in this place, a different kind of freedom. And it's like a slumber party. I'm like, this is going to be good, whatever comes. I don't know what's going to come out of me, but I believe it's going to be good. But what I felt impressed upon my heart even just yesterday was to talk about navigating seasons of transition, what that looks like. And this is something that's just fresh off the fire of my heart because this is what I've been walking in for the past year. So last year, I guess, I, I had my second child. Was that last year? Yeah, 2020. I had my second child. It's been a blur. Anybody's 2020 feel like a blur and you're still like recovering from that? And then now this year's almost over. It's almost 2022. It's crazy, y'all. So um, I, I, I was at home, you know, I'm taking care of children. That's what I was doing. I've taken care of children for the past three years, babies that I, I, I took care of from the time they, you know, they were weaned like I was with them for three to four years of their life. I had my second daughter, and my life was at home. That was my realm, being at home, taking care of these children. But I knew that I was moving into a season of transition, and preparing for that. And it didn't matter how much I prepared. I feel like I spent the last decade of my life preparing for what I'm doing now. But there's something about once you're really in it, <laughs> you're, you need to prepare. That's important. But when you're really in it, there's nothing like really being in it. And it almost felt, um, it's, it's been overwhelming. It's been sweet, but it's been overwhelming. So this week marks six month, months as a full-time pastor in my home church. It's something that I desired to do since I was like 12 years old. I'm 31, and that's how long it took for it to become a reality. So I feel like the preparation process, it was years of preparation if you're talking to me. Like, yeah, I've wanted this since I was 12, but now I'm in it. And, you know, we've t we talk about process and what process looks like. And I think as a body, we're coming to terms with God's timing and his process looking different than what we would desire, it taking longer than we maybe would want it to take. And we're, I feel like as a body, we are beginning, at least maybe it's me that I'm, maybe I'm growing up. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> But, you know, when I was 20, I thought I was ready to, to do all these different things. Now I'm 31, and I, I'm like, God, I'm not ready for any of this. It's like a reality has, has set in, and you understand now the value of preparation, the value of being hidden in the secret place with the Father so that he can work something in you to actually prepare you for the place that he has for you. Now I'm like, anything he has for me in the future, let's take our time, God, <laughs> because I want to be ready. I value his process and I value his preparation now because I realize how important it is. I don't want to show up 
to the place, the next thing that he's called me to do and rush anything. I am not in a hurry anymore. If I was ever in a hurry, that, that ship has sailed. I like a slow pace now, Father. Let, if it needs to take 15 years, okay. <laughs> and really, you know, I know a lot of times, and just speaking, um, you know, about time, we have so many hang-ups about time, and that is a place that we can surrender. Our timeline, I think that is the hardest thing for us, especially women, to surrender our timeline to the Father. And that, man, I got to get this done so that by this stage I can have this done, and then I need to get this done. And this is a good timeline, Jesus. Are you paying attention? Look at my timeline. Let's work this out. And his, his is just totally different. He just runs on a different. And, and he doesn't have the same anxieties that we do about, well, Father, I'm almost 40, or Father, I'm almost whatever. He, he doesn't have those anxieties because he can accomplish in three years an entire ministry that changes the world. That's what he did in his son. It only took three years to er, just radically change all of existence for all time, and he accomplished it in three years. So time is really not an issue with our father. And so we can just, that's one of those things we can take off in his presence and give to him that I'm not going to concern myself with a timeline. I want to engage in your process. But the most, I think, challenging part of process is the actual transition. You know, I've been preparing for a certain move, a certain promise for a long time, but I never realized it was the actual, tran the actual transition was going to be hard. And um, so I want to share a little bit about what that looks like, and we're, I'm going to share seven um, I don't know, I don't really have a title, it's like seven things to be aware of, seven, um, uh, I don't know, insights in how to navigate a season of transition. And before we get deeper into this, I need y'all to know, I have been told I have a voice that soothes people to sleep. So <laughs> if you fall asleep in this room tonight, we're just going to profess that it is the Lord's sleep. He gives his beloved sleep, so you just rest your eyes. I'm not offended. I've put many a person to sleep. It doesn't bother me. Y'all just enjoy yourself. For those of you who stay awake, I think this is going to be good. Um, this is not... I'm, this is not generally how I teach. These are just more practical things that I feel like the Lord, he just set me down. I don't know, it's been a couple months ago. I'd already entered in this place of transition, and it's like the Father just gave me some of these things to keep in my mind so um, I could feel a sense of being reoriented, you know? There's something about significant change in your life, especially change that seems to touch so many facets of your life. So for example, like my daughter started kindergarten. I've got a one-year-old. I am no longer at home, and I work a lot of evenings for services and stuff. So our whole schedule is different. I'm also a student, so our finances are different. My whole life changed. My husband now has to get little girls dressed and fix their hair. His whole world has changed. Every facet of my life has changed in this season. And there are things that we step into I mean, there's all kinds of degrees of transition and change. There are changes that, you know, it only affects this, and then there are changes that touch every part of your life. But I've found when you're walking with the Father, at some point, he wants every part of your life. So at some point or another in this walk of discipleship with the Father, he is going to touch 
every part of your life. He wants it all. He wants all of it surrendered. He wants to help orchestrate and navigate all of it. And we're really good at compartmentalizing. Like, God, you can have my worship leading, but I'll, I'll take care of my finances. Thanks for your help, but I'll, I got this. And we do that. But at some point, as we continue in a walk of discipleship with the Father, he wants to touch every aspect of our lives. And it's sometimes transition and change that he will use as the catalyst to bring us to a place of surrender because it's going to be impossible to sustain. Longevity is going to be impossible in this new place if you're not leaning into me, if you're not fully surrendered in every place. And that is what the father told me going into this job, into this year. He said, Antoinette, you are going, your life is going to change in such a way that if you do not lean into me, and there were certain things that I knew I had to do, certain direction that he gave me for the new season. If you don't do these things, if you don't meet me in this way, you will implode. You will not be able to walk under the weight of this new life. And we, you know, <laughs> as a young person, you dream about promises. Anybody like want to write a book, start a business, start a family, uh, find a spouse? We dream about these things. But then after that honeymoon phase wears, anybody? <laughs> it's like the reality of it hits like, oh, no, like now I've got to sustain. I've got to walk this out. I've got to maintain. And that reality, when that hits, that's transition. That's the, the space that I'm talking about because I stepped into ministry and four months in, reality hit like, oh my gosh, what have I done? My whole life has changed. My, all of these different things, every aspect has been touched. And so now it's like, okay, God, this promise has come to pass in my life. How do I, I hold this promise in partnership with you? Anybody got a promise from the Lord that they're believing for? Anybody in this room? Let me ask another question. Anybody in a season of transition right now, you're walking through a lot of transition, a lot of change. Anybody just come out of a season of transition? Anybody? Okay, very good. Very good. Anybody headed into a season of transition? We can all raise our hands because it's common to all of us. At some point or another, you're going to walk through significant change in your life. And so I want to talk about how to navigate that. Before I do, there's three things I want to share. I'm going to use this little stool. Hey, fella. Let me bring it up here. <laughs> Y'all. Oh. Oh, it's fine. I'll use this. I'm good. I got my little handy-dandy paper. Transition. One thing about transition that before we get into the seven things is transition is common. It's common. We've already established that. If you're not just coming out of it or in it right now, you're headed into it. And that, um, that knowing that even about our natural lives, there's natural change that we go through. But if you're a kingdom person, transition and change is ingrained in our experience of God's kingdom because we are in a process of transformation. So if you, if you signed up to be a disciple of Jesus, to be a part of the kingdom, transition is a, an innate part of being a kingdom person because you're constantly undergoing change and transition and transformation because we are being transformed into the likeness of Jesus. And so that takes Holy Spirit 
working with us in our heart and our mind and the and our lives and transforming every aspect of our lives into in a way that brings God glory. And so that's normal. It's common. Transition is common. Number two, it's temporary. Hallelujah. Everybody say hallelujah. Temporary. Transition's temporary. And I think about um, you know, mamas. If you've had a baby, you know, they call that that moment when you are in labor. Sorry, ladies who haven't born. I'm, I'm sorry. This is graphic. I don't know why I give these illustrations because I don't like really graphic stuff. But there's that moment called transition where you um, it's the most painful part of labor. It's where if you can press through this part, through this transition, then you, you're good. You get on the other side of this, baby's here, you're good. And transition is the hardest part. I have this friend who's a doula, and she tells me, so she's a, a Christian and a doula, so she helps women. Uh, I, I asked her, what is a doula? And she's, uh, she said it's kind of like a, a hype person for a woman who's having a baby. And so my friend Annie, she really prays through that process with women, and she says, I really rely upon the Holy Spirit to help me know what this mama needs. Because you don't want to ask a woman in intense labor, what do you need right now? What can I do for you? She asks the Holy Spirit, what can I do for her? What do I need to do for her? And it's always, she says, that moment of transition where she really has to lean in and being attentive to what that mom needs because that is the moment she describes as the woman feels like she wants to die. You feel like, I'm going to die. I can't do this. And that is the moment she steps in. And that is the role of Holy Spirit. He comes into those moments of transition and he speaks to us. He speaks and imparts strength to us so that we can move through those moments and actually see birthed in our lives what it is that he has for us. So if it feels intense, if you are in a season that feels like, God, when is this part going to pass? That is a moment where some of the greatest intimacy is forged between you and the Holy Spirit. Anybody been through trial or anything that was tough And you know how close you become to someone who walks with you through trial or through anything that's hard. That's the role of Holy Spirit. When we're walking through transition, when we're walking through trial, he sticks closer than a brother. He's right there to help us navigate, to know when to push, to know when to rest. And that's the role of, that's his role, is to bring, help us to bring into fruition the thing that God has put on the inside of us. And so actually, it's trial that we get extra close to the Father. And that doesn't mean that I like trials (laughs) anymore. I mean, they're still rough, but that is a sweet part. And that, to me, is a a significant role in surrender. Um, I know when I'm walking through seasons of transition, seasons that are trying, I find myself on my knees more often. We just do. Um, We want that. That should be a normal part of our everyday, finding ourselves at the feet of Jesus. But there's something about trial that just drives you there, where it's like, I couldn't stay away if I wanted to because I'm desperate. I need you to help me press through so that I can see birthed in my life this thing that you're trying to release. Or I need you to help me move through this trial or this hard time because there's, there's no other way. I can't do this in and of my own strength. So transition, it's common. 
it's temporary. We're going to get through it, and it's good, and it's beautiful. And last, it's revealing. Transition's revealing. So I'm just talking about some things about transition in general. Then we'll get to the seven things. Transition is revealing. And I started, I was thinking about this with leaves changing in the fall. You know, we are in a season of seasonal transition and how leaves change. I heard this a few years ago, and I just thought that is just fascinating to me. But, you know, leaves are all these different colors. They're red, they're orange, they're yellow. But we don't see that in the summer because the sunlight tells the tree to produce chlorophyll. Keep producing chlorophyll. It's sunny. Keep producing this. And it it keeps the trees green. But in the fall, in the season of transition, the sun changes and the trees are no longer cued to produce chlorophyll. And so the chlorophyll leaves and the green leaves, the green leaves, it leaves. (laughs) 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 I almost enjoy it. I never, I can never do a joke on purpose. It's always on accident. But um, so yeah. And then what happens when the chlorophyll leaves, the green departs. How about that? Then you see what the true colors of the leaves are. And this can be a good, bad, and ugly part of transition is, man, some things in you come to the surface. (laughs) And, man, I've definitely seen that. My poor husband, y'all. Y'all pray for my husband. His name is Tucker Weatherly. (laughs) Write him down. Put him in your journal. But, um... I, as we're walking through this, like, we don't know even how to do Sundays anymore. Like, because Mama has to be there at 7 a.m. So how do we get you girls, how do we get the girls ready to be at service at 11? How do we get breakfast ready? It's a hot, hot mess in the Weatherly house right now. We don't know how to do this. And so all of these things surface. It's revealing. Character is revealed. Attitudes are revealed. It all comes out, and it's good, bad, it's ugly. But that's the nature of transition. And sometimes that can really frustrate us. You're like, dang, man, I thought I was more mature than this. I thought I was so holy. I'm a pastor now. I'm supposed to be holy. (laughs) No, (laughs) that's not true. (laughs) um, So, yeah, and it's good to be aware of that, just to simply be aware that things are going to be revealed, things are going to come to the surface, and that is okay. That's the nature of transition. That doesn't um, make Holy Spirit change his mind as he begins to see those things. Like, oh, Lord, I didn't know this was in you. No, he knew. He knew it was in you. Now you just know that it was in you. But um, that's an important aspect. For me, it's big because you want to beat yourself up because you step into something different. and You think, automatically, I should know how to do this. We should, this should all just work real smoothly like clockwork. And it doesn't. And it's a mess. And that's okay. Transition's messy. The kingdom is messy. We think it's this pristine, shiny thing, but we are being transformed. Transformation is a messy process, and God's not intimidated by a mess. He's a good daddy. He knows how to handle messes. They don't bother him, and he doesn't change his mind when he sees one. He leans into messes, and he uses those as the opportunities to train us, to disciple us, and to show us how tremendous and all-engulfing his love is. And that's precious. That's the sweetest part is that just how he covers. He covers a multitude of sin, a multitude of mistake, a multitude of not getting it right the first time. And that carries you through transition. So y'all ready for the seven things? I felt like I built it up enough. Here we go. (laughs) 
seven things. I told y'all I'm feeling good. I feel at home. Y'all are some sweet ladies, so I feel nice. So it's nice to look out in a crowd and just see women's faces because the men, like, sometimes are like, oh, Lord. <laughs> they got that girl again. Okay, number one. Um, so what did we call this? What's the title of this? Um, insights. We'll say insights, sure. Um, seven insights to navigating seasons of transition. So the first one has to do with letting go, letting go of the old. And this alone can take time. And so, oh, no, we won't go into that. But letting go. Um, I got a picture of, even while I was sitting here, of that moment. You know, Peter's in the boat, and then he's headed to the water. But there's always this moment. Anytime, Lord, I don't know if this will come. It will. There's this moment, say that's the water and this is the boat, where one foot's in the boat and one foot is in the water. You know, that's transition right here. And there has to be a moment where you get the other foot out of the boat and you step on the water and you begin this process of acclimating to what it feels like now to stand on water. But you have to let go of the boat. And that can be, oh, that can be hard for us. You know, something that surprised me. No, it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily a surprise. Um, but... I don't know. I'll just tell y'all what it was, and we can go from there. <laughs> but I mentally prepared and tried to emotionally prepare for what it was going to mean for me to not be with my daughters every day. Luckily, one of them was starting school, so that already, like, it was a letting go. She's starting school. It's okay. But I went from being with my daughters every single day to now working in an office, and my in-laws take care of my daughters or my mom. And there were days when I, I drove, I would drive away, and I would just feel it in my heart, like, oh, gosh. And Holy Spirit would just tell me, just cry. Just cry. It's okay. It's okay to grieve. It's okay for this process of letting go to feel a little messy. Even though I had a word. You know, Peter, he had this word, come, he wasn't just stepping on water. He was stepping on the word, putting his faith in the word to come. And I had a word. I remember one day when I was getting ready, um, it was months before I actually started the job. I was in the shower, and I was asking the Lord, I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if I can let go of my daughters. And he just started talking to me about their future. He started talking to me about what this transition would mean for them. And one of the things he told me, he says, this is a launching for you, and it's a launching for them. And so when I would drive away from my daughters, and I would feel those emotions well up on the inside of me, I would remind myself of his word, that this is a launching for them. This is a season for them. They're receiving impartation from their grandparents that are going to be valuable for them for a lifetime. This is rich. It's enriching their lives. And those are the things that Holy Spirit would speak to me. But it's, it's been a process. I still miss my daughters. But there's this process of letting go of what was so that I can fully step into and be submerged into what is next. And that is okay if it takes a while. It's okay if it's messy. And if there's even an element of grief with it, allow yourself to grieve the old 
and let it go. That's what a Holy Spirit told me to do, cry. You need to cry, girl, let it out, it's okay. <laughs> and so if I feel like crying about driving away from my daughters, I just let myself do it because I know there's healing in allowing that grief to just wash over me and then trusting at the end of it that your word is yes and amen. What you told me, the promise that you told me, that's what I'm standing on. That's what's going to uphold me in this season. So letting go. It's a process of grieving the old, letting go of the boat, and standing on the water. Number two is finding God's pace. There's a pace in the new. When you step into anything new, there's a new rhythm. There is a new pace. And we often are in such a hurry to be fully acclimated that we will rush into a new expectant to have it all figured out. And we don't allow ourselves time to find the pace. Um, when I was in high school, I, I, I played in orchestras. I played a violin in orchestras. And oftentimes, especially in the summer, I would always get involved in these summer programs where we played musicals. And I was always with violinists and, well, the whole orchestra. I mean, they were seasoned professionals. They all played in the Sherman Symphony Orchestra. Like, these people knew what they were doing. And I'm, like, 14, like, eh, like <laughs> trying, to, trying to keep up with them. And we played some intense music. Like, I had no business being there. Mom, like, what were you doing? But it was really cool experience. But... So often <laughs> during these musicals, I sat by my instructor. We'd be moving and a shaking and a playing these songs, and I would get totally lost. Like, I had not a clue what measure we are on. I got lost a page ago. Everybody's playing and stuff. And so I would have to sit, and I would have to watch, and I would have to find the rhythm and figure out where they were and how to jump in. I want to jump into this place. I know that in a minute they're going to get right here, so I want to find the pace and jump in. But I had to sit still, and I had to pay attention to what was happening. When we are in transition, it's so important that you get still and you pay attention to what is happening. You pay attention to Father's pace. And he reveals that in the place of prayer. It's getting in prayer with him and quiet with him where he reveals to us, this is the pace that I'm going to be moving at in this season. And his pace, it's not about moving fast. It's about moving rhythmically. It doesn't have to be fast. God's not always fast-paced. Sometimes he's real slow. Anybody know about that? Sometimes he's real slow. Like, let's go, brother. Um, <laughs> it's not about being fast or slow. It's about finding the rhythm and staying on rhythm with the Father. And um, something that, um, oh, let me see. I want to make sure. Oh, yes, the rush that sense of we've got to get there, and I've got to already know this. I've got to already know how to do this. Prayer unrushes us. Prayer helps us to find rhythm, and it unrushes us. It removes the hurry. God is never in a hurry, and it's one of the most annoying things about him to me. I love you. <laughs> he's just never in a hurry. Sometimes I'm in a hurry. I want to get there. I want to get done. And he's like, honey, I've got a pace and I've got a process. And if you rush this, it's going to be a train wreck. So I need you to stay with me. So that's an important 
part of transition is that looks like getting to the secret place in his presence as often as you can and making that a daily rhythm because that's how it becomes your lifeline when you're in transition, you know? Because, I mean, it, it, transition can wear you out. Change, significant change can wear you out. You have to get alone with the Father, quiet your heart, and find a space through prayer, through spending time with him, letting him speak to you about what your day is going to look like, what your week is going to look like. He has insight that he wants to give us. He speaks. Does anybody in here believe that he speaks? Do you believe that you hear him? If you don't believe that you hear him, then we need to talk after the service. I'm serious. Y'all come up here and we're going to pray. <laughs> Number three. Oh, I will read this. Oh, man. I'm, gonna, I'm, just, I'm not going to go there. I'll just give you the reference. Matthew eleven twenty eight. It's the come unto me, all who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I love that verse. And all of 2020, the Father spoke that verse to me um, just over and over and over. Uh, come unto me, and I will give you rest. And, um, and I didn't know in all of 2020 that I was going to be stepping into a change that was going to affect every part of my life. And he brought that scripture back to me. And in the message Bible, it talks about, it says it this way. It talks about, come unto me and I will show you the unforced rhythms of grace. So y'all go look that up in the message Bible. I will show you the unforced rhythms of grace. That's what finding his pace is all about, where it's not forced. I'm not forcing this to work. I'm not making myself figure this out. I'm learning his unforced rhythms of grace. So number four is to create space to rest. And we've already talked about prayer. There's a soul rest that can only be accomplished in the presence of God. But when you're in transition, it's also important to create space for rest, or you could say create space for play. When you are going through significant change, you need to play. You need to go have fun. You need to go have a picnic with somebody or go out to coffee with a friend. You need to find opportunities to be refreshed, refreshing in, in communion with people, doing things that you enjoy, going on a walk, taking care of yourself. Those things are important to the Father. Physical and mental strength lend their strength to our spirit. You know, I want to be led of the spirit. I want to walk after the spirit. But my spirit man is dependent on this body, having slept, having eaten, having laughed lately. It's important that we take care of this natural vessel that we have been given. So creating space to rest and to play, that's an important part of navigating any kind of change. You need to laugh. Anybody like to laugh? I love to laugh. I love funnies, and I love my husband. He's a very funny man. He's very dry, sense of humor, and those are my favorite. He just kills me, and he doesn't ever mean to. It's just great. But I like to laugh, and we need that. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Really enjoying your life actually gives you strength. It bolsters you supernaturally. Holy Spirit likes to laugh. The Father likes to laugh. We need that. You need to rest and you need to play when you're going through significant change. It can't be all serious all the time. It can't be all figuring this out all the time. You need to push pause on figuring it out and go, I don't know, ride your bike or something, but do something fun that is good for your soul. Number five is this is, this is something I think that was significant to me that I didn't expect 
um, was that when you are going through significant changes in your life, oftentimes you'll find that your world becomes small. All of a sudden, um, just what you have capacity for, the level of engagement with people that you have capacity for changes. It's like you can be this social butterfly, but if you go through significant change, there's something about how in those seasons, it's those relationships that are essential to survival that kind of remain, and you go into this closed community. And as somebody who loves people, that was hard for me. And as somebody who my job is people, like showing up for people is the majority of what I do. And a lot of us, a lot of what, I mean, customer service, any job really is to serve. It's a service that we are providing for human beings. Most everyone in this room, we do something like that. If you're a stay-at-home mom, you are providing services for little humans. Whatever we do, we, we have this call to serve people. And there was something that was frustrating to me is that I couldn't give myself, my time and my attention to the same capacity that I was before because there, this transition was kind of all-consuming. We're trying to figure out rhythms. I'm trying to keep my family healthy and engaged with me and stay engaged with my husband, engaged with my children and my close relationships. And suddenly, I'm not able to have the same reach. I'm not able to have the same level of community that I did before because I'm trying to, we're moving this whole family a direction. And so my focus has changed, these relationships that are essential. That doesn't mean that I stay there, but in transition, significant change, you will find often that your world just becomes small. Just your capacity, your reach, suddenly just there's a shift. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody experience that? Those essential relationships that help carry you. And one of the, the ways that I, I pictured this, I don't know, the first thing about a ship Ship. Everybody hear me correctly? <laughs> S-H-I-P. If you were sleeping, you're awake now. But um, I don't know the first thing about a ship, but the picture the father gave me was a large ship off of a coast. And the, um, the inhabitants of the ship trying to get on land. And what they do, they don't bring the ship up onto the shore. They have to get into a smaller boat, a dinghy, or if you will. <laughs> they get into a smaller boat, and they come up on shore in that smaller boat. And what is in the smaller boat is essential. I'm moving into a new territory. I'm about to step onto a new land. I've got to check this place out. And all I have room for is what can fit in this smaller boat. And that doesn't mean that forever I'm going to be this isolated person. That's just the nature of transition. We already talked about temp it's temporary. Transition's temporary. And in those moments, if you feel that recoil, because a lot of times when we experience a lot of change, our tendency is to want to isolate, at least me. When I'm changing, when um, I'm trying to figure stuff out, I like to be alone. Let me be alone and figure this out. We don't want to go there. We don't want to isolate, but it's okay to come into clo a closed community that is helping you to move from this what was to what now is. Everybody follow me? That makes sense? We love people. Y'all hear me say that? We still love people, and our, our call as disciples is to love on people, to always be outreaching. But when you're in transition, you'll just find that your capacity changes because you're, you're, just, you're moving to a new place. And when you get to that new place, you go right out to loving on people and reaching on people and being at peace with that, understanding that, that transition. Number six, 
Y'all ready? Everybody awake? <laughs> it's okay if you're not. Number six is to keep an open hand. Keep an open hand. Um, when you're in a new place, there is this tendency, I think, to, to get really territorial really fast because you want to acclimate, you want to settle. I want to be settled. I need to know what my territory is. Be really clear to me, God, what is my territory? What does my role in this new place look like? And what is the reach of my role? We become, we want that. We want it clear. We want to know because we want to acclimate to this new place. But it's important in the beginning of any significant transition to re remain open-handed. Um, like, I, I don't know exactly what the role is going to look like yet. I don't know exactly what the bounds of this new life is going to be. And that's okay. I need to be okay and let the Lord kind of just show me as we kind of move around. He's going to show me the bounds of this new space. You know, if you think about the children of Israel, they fought over their promised land. I mean, these people are going to war over their promised land. And it just really struck me the last time I was reading through their whole journey is that there were, I mean, they were in their land. They got their land. You know, they're fighting war after war after war to secure their promised land. But then you read, like, chapters later, and then they get their territory. Like, then the territories were assigned. And I'm like, those territories weren't assigned, like, seven chapters ago? They've been fighting over this place forever. They don't even know what their territories are. They've been in the land now forever, and they don't even know where their boundaries are, their territories. That's the nature of change, being open-handed with letting the Father bring you through a process of showing you what your new role looks like, being okay that you don't exactly know where the bounds are yet. You don't have it all figured out yet. I've got an open hand, Father. You know, my job, like, there's so many different aspects of what I do. And I knew, even, like, you get, you get a job description, but then you do a million things that aren't written down. And I had to take time to, to process with the Father, what projects do I need to take on? What's going to fit with what is on paper? What, what are going to be my bounds? What is going to be my role? And defining that with the Father. That process takes time. You can't rush that. And you don't want to hold on to anything. You don't want to hold on real strongly to anything because then things can get messed up. You don't want to mess anything up. Have the peace of knowing that your portion is your portion and nobody else can have your portion. You're not going to miss out on what God has for you because you're not super aggressive about it. We don't have to be super aggressive about the promises of God in our lives. We simply trust him and walk with him by faith. And he will cause what is your territory to come under your dominion. And you just walk with him in obedient faith. Amen? That takes a lot of pressure off in my mind. Like, I don't have to have this all defined. I don't have to be super territorial or aggressive. The Father will show me what my role looks like in this new place and in this new season. The last one is to clear the land of giants. Now, that sounds super cool. I feel like, hey, girl, <laughs> you're going to come clear some land of giants, girl. Clearing the land of giants. Um, I, I, that's, I don't know how else to say this one, but, oh, you know what? I think, am I off on the count? Do y'all only have six? I am. Thank you, ma'am. Okay, I know what it was that I forgot. 
So I'll tell y'all that one. So I think we're really on number six. So I got one more for y'all up my sleeve. Um, clearing the land of giants. This had to do with um, under, so oh, how should I put this? When I uh, stepped into this role um, or, you know, all of these different things, the enemy is on your toes because when you are walking in promise or the new that God has for you, the enemy is right on your toes, ready to convince you that you made a mistake, that you missed it. You cannot really do this. What are you thinking? I mean, that's what we see with Peter. He gets his eyes off of Jesus and he starts to sink. And so there is always the enemy there just waiting, getting ready for you to sink. And what we can, we can do is we can begin to question the mantle that we've received. Like, God, this, this call or this thing or this promise, I don't know if you really called me to do this. This is way harder than I expected. Or I don't have the finances to do this. Why would you call me to do this? And I don't even see the finances yet. Or I don't have the skill set. Or my mom and dad didn't know how to do this. I feel like I don't know how to do this. And you begin to question a mantle when really it's a giant coming against you. Fear, doubt, unbelief, trying to detour you from what it is that God has given you, from the promise that he's made manifest in our lives. And so we have to be really keen on hearing the voice of the Lord that in these seasons when you're walking in a new mantle and you're questioning, can I really do this? Well, the truth is, you know, no, <laughs> we can't. We need the Holy Spirit. No, you in and of yourself, you cannot do this. You're going to have to lean upon the power and the presence of Holy Spirit. But don't for an instance think because um, you're having those questions, you're wondering those things, that it means that the mantle is not, I can't do this. I need to cast off this mantle. I need to cast off this new call. No, you need to remove that giant. Recognize that is fear, doubt, and unbelief trying to come against me to rob something that the Father has given me and is going to disciple me and walk me through. Amen? Does that make sense? And the very last one um, that I was supposed to say a long time ago, I don't know how I did that, y'all. I guess I can't count. I was never good at math. Um, but it's trying on your mantles. When you're in a new place, um, some of the things that you wore in the old season may not fit you <laughs> in the new season. Um, and and that's, that's just how it goes. You know, when I, um, I was a worship leader for like a decade, maybe, or maybe longer, I don't know. And when I stepped into the role of pastor, I really, it, for up until um, October, I really wrestled even before that. I, I asked the Lord, when I am a pastor, do I still lead worship? Like, how do I reconcile the two? How, I mean, I mean, logically, there's time. I mean, I've, you've got time. You've only got time to do one thing in service. You're either going to pastor on You're going to do these kinds of skills or you're going to do worship leading skills. So there are choices that have to be made. And so I'm like, Father, am I going to do both? And so it took me months. I'm talking conversations. I had so many conversations with different pastors because I've seen so many pastors who that mantle of worship leader, they laid down when they became a pastor. So I needed to know, am I supposed to lay this mantle down or am I supposed to carry this with me into the new season? Is it a part of what's next? 
And so it took trying it on. It took a lot of counsel and conversation. Does this role go with me? There are some definite roles that went with me. Being a mother, that definitely carried over into the new season. Being a wife was a mantle I definitely took. But there were other mantles I had to test and I had to see. Does this go with me into the new? And those are things that we get to navigate with the Father. And we we get to allow him to give us direction on. And those things can be seasonal. Me and Ashley, we talked about that the other day. I, there may be a season where I'm not leading worship, but then there will come a season where Father says, pick that mantle back up. And that's exactly what happened. When I started working at the church, I was not going to be involved in worship. I have to focus on, the, I'm having to learn a lot of new things. I need to focus. And then the Father told me, I don't remember what month, but he said in the month of October, you're going to pick up worship again. And so the month of October, I picked up worship leading again. But it was a process with him of getting comfortable and understanding these mantles. Does that, does that help anybody? Any of these things? I hope they're helpful. They've, these are the things that the Father spoke to me as I've been navigating this season. Those seven things. I'll just I'll say really fast. The letting go. The finding his pace. The creating space to rest. Understanding that your world becomes small, keeping an open hand, clearing the land of those giants, and trying on our mantles. These are things that we can do as we navigate these seasons of transition, okay? I want to pray over us. Can I do that? Um, Father, I just thank you, Lord, that you're moving us from glory to glory. I thank you for the new that you are unfolding. You are continually moving us into new. It's just the nature of the kingdom. We couldn't avoid it if we wanted to, Father. And that as you are transitioning us, as you are moving us from glory to glory, that you are with us in the process. You're with us in quiet preparation. You're with us in the hidden places. And you're with us in those moments where we're lifting our foot out of the boat and we're stepping onto water, Father. I just speak a bold courage over every woman in this room that if she finds herself stepping out of a boat and onto water, that she would be emboldened by the power of the Holy Spirit to move forward with courage and confidence and the power of Holy Spirit to uphold her as she steps into new territory. I thank you, Father, that we are going to quickly recognize giants and that those giants are going to be under our feet in the name of Jesus. Fear, doubt, unbelief, any sense of lack of there not being enough, Father. We speak that you show up in moments where there's not enough. You are brilliant at working with not enough. It's what you do best. So, Father, we are going to lean into your provision. We're going to lean into your promise. And the enemy of doubt and fear and unbelief, we quit quickly put under our feet that no weapon formed to stop the promises and the manifestation of the fruit of God coming forth in our lives. Nothing is going to stop that process. We draw a line in the sand, Father, that says we will not quit. We are going to press forward in what God has for us. We are going to see the manifestation of your promises in the earth, and we're going to walk in a fierce determination to see what you have for us unfold. We will not relinquish the promise. We hold fast to you, Jesus. We keep our eyes on you, Jesus, because that's all that you require. And it's you that's going to carry us through these seasons of change. It's you that is going to equip us and provide for us all that we need. So may this invitation be a closer walk with you, Father. 
that as we navigate change, it only draws us into a closer walk with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us today. For more information about Entourage Ministries, visit our website at entourageministries.com or visit us on Facebook or Instagram. 